Sloth Uni. We've got a surprise segment for you all today. I usually post these on Twitter, but it's going to be a video exclusive for this week. We got our starts and sloths of the week coming up. If you play fantasy football, you should be familiar with what start of the week is. But what a sloth of the week is, is a sloth university special. It's our sleeper picks for those who are deciding between the people who are not so desirable starts. I'm excited for this one, so let's get right into it. You guys already know the drill by now, but if you don't, grab some grub, get comfortable, and make sure those tinfoil hats are strapped, because class is now in session. Not even going to waste any time here. Let's get into the starts of the week, starting with the quarterback position. We got Tua Tungavailoa going up against the Buffalo Bills. Tua just came off of a monster game. We already talked about it in the last episode, but if you wanted a reminder, he threw for 469 yards, six touchdowns, and two interceptions. And he's going to have to play against the Red Hot Bills, who have been absolutely dominating people and putting up an absurd amount of points. But the Bills secondary is a bit banged up this week. And Josh Allen is going to have to put up some points. And he's been going crazy against his Dolphins defense in his entire career. Almost every single game he plays against them, he has a career game or he just absolutely goes off. So two of the Dolphins are going to have to keep up with the Bills if they want to win this game. I'm expecting it to be a lot of points scored. Vegas is expecting it to be a lot of points scored. Tyreek Hill is the Bills destroyer. And if they're going to double up Tyreek Hill, you're going to have to one-on-one Jalen Waddle. And we've already seen that if those two hoop, Tua is likely to put up points as well. Next up, we got Joe Burrow versus the Jets. Joe Burrow has gotten off to a pretty slow start to the season. And the Jets defense has been pretty solid, but he's got T. Higgins back. Jamar Chase is still a beast, and they still got Tyler Boyd over there. I'm expecting this to be a pretty high scoring game. Not crazy high scoring in the 30s and 40s. But with the way Joe Flacco have been playing and the way the Jets and the amount of times that the Jets have been throwing the ball, I could see a good amount of fantasy points coming over here. I think this is a get-right game for Joe Burrow in the Bengals. He is my second start of the week at the quarterback position. Moving on to the running back position. Leonard Fournette versus the Packers. With all the injuries and suspensions to the wide receiver position on the Buccaneers, it only makes sense that they're going to have to lean on Leonard Fournette a lot more versus the Packers. He got off to a hot start in week one, but he fizzled out a little bit in week two, but it was to be expected because the Saints and the Buccaneers always have low scoring games. So I suspect Leonard Fournette can get right this week and finally get into the end zone. I have him scoring his first touchdown against the Packers this week in a get right game. Leonard Fournette is our first start of the week at the running back position. Next up, we got David Montgomery versus the Texans. He started off a bit slow in a flood bowl, mud bowl, mud bowl, flood bowl. But in week two, he dropped 15 for 122 on the ground. And I think that he will get his first touchdown as well in this game. There were a lot of concerns, especially week one in the offseason, about Khalil Herbert getting into his snaps, taking over a little bit. But Khalil Herbert will have a role. But David Montgomery is still the guy to have in his backfield. It's still his backfield. He owns that backfield. No, he won't get almost 100% of the snaps like he was getting before, but he's still seeing a heavy dose of the snaps. He's still very included in the passing game, which also should see an uptick, maybe not in this game, but it very well could be in this game. The Bears through two games have only attempted 28 passes. That is bound to go up. 
Whether it happens sooner, whether it happens later, David Montgomery is still getting the carries that he needs to perform, and the Texans defense hasn't been too stout against running backs. Last up, we usually do two, but I just had to include this guy because of the rough start he's gotten off to. Derrick Henry versus the Raiders. If you were thinking about benching Derrick Henry, I am giving you a boost of confidence. Start Derrick Henry because you don't want to have Derrick Henry on your bench should he drop 100 yards and three touchdowns or even 80 yards and two touchdowns. You don't want to have that on your bench because he started off a bit slow. Think back to when Jonathan Taylor started off slow last year. He put up three games back to back to back where he was very bad. You weren't happy with him. People were overreacting. They were saying, should I trade away Jonathan Taylor? And if you did trade away Jonathan Taylor, you regretted it in week four. Stick with Derrick Henry. You may take some lumps, but if he goes off this week, you won't regret starting him. On to the wide receiver position. Gabe Davis versus the Dolphins. This one hurts my soul a little bit. I would have had, really it's Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis because with the way Stephon Diggs have been playing, he's more than likely gonna go off. It is a tough matchup against Xavier Howard, but Xavier Howard is a bit banged up. And even when he isn't banged up, he often struggles against Stephon Diggs. And as of right now, Byron Jones, the quarterback number two for the Dolphins, is not playing right now. So Gabe Davis will have to go up against Nick Needham, who isn't bad, but Gabe Davis can very well beat Nick Needham. I think Gabe Davis is going to have a crazy game. I think there's going to be a, just a lot of points scored in this game against the Dolphins on both sides. I would have included Jalen Waddle, but I have to include Brandon Cooks versus the Bears. I think he finally gets into the end zone. I would have included Jalen Waddle in one of my starts of the week, and I really still could on the low. He's a sneaky one, so I'm not going to have him name brand one of the starts of the week. But if you have him, you're not benching him. But I had to include Brandon Cooks versus the Bears. I do think Brandon Cooks, he's been getting the targets. He just hasn't produced at a high level. I think he gets right this game and finally gets into the end zone. I don't think this will be a crazy high scoring game, but I don't think it'll be a super low scoring game. I think the people who need to do good in this game will do well. This is a sneaky good option for fantasy between the Texans and the Bears. It doesn't look like it has a lot of good fantasy options, but if you need to start a quarterback, Davis Mills wouldn't be too bad of a start. Damian Pierce, I wouldn't recommend starting him considering he is splitting with Rex Burkhead. He did take over the majority of carries over Rex Burkhead. So it is a sign in the right direction, but he would be riding the bench for me personally until he shows that he can produce at a better level. Brandon Cooks, you should start him. I think he gets into the end zone, gets his first touchdown of the season. On the other side, we're not going to go over every single game, but on the other side, Darnell Mooney, personally, I am benching him, but this might be a get-right game for the Bears and the Texans combined. So if the Bears do see an uptick in targets, David Montgomery gets a boost, Cole Komet would get a boost, Darnell Mooney would get a boost. But as of right now, only start of the week is Brandon Cooks. On to the tight end position. This one is one I need in my very soul and being and deep inside to make me feel right about this draft pick that I did in TJ Hawkinson versus the Vikings. If you took TJ Hawkinson within the six, seven, eight rounds, you are very much regretting it right now. But he is getting the work that he was getting last year. His target share is still pretty much about the same. He had a 21% target share last year. And this year, he's got a 20% target share. He's had seven targets in back-to-back games. He just hasn't gotten the catches or yardage or touchdowns. 
And you're seeing in week three and four in fantasy are market correction games. If people started off slow in week one and two, week three and four is where you really see if they're gonna continue this for the season or if they're gonna get back right. A few people got right from week one to week two, but we still need to see what they do in week three. I personally wouldn't bench TJ Hawkinson after two weeks because two weeks isn't enough of a benchmark to see what they will do for the rest of the season. And he has gotten the targets, so it's not like he's just gotten phased out of the offense. And he's been one of the most consistent scorers at the tight end position throughout the years that he's been a tight end in this league. So you can't just give up on him. Yes, they do have more options on the offense, but his target share is still the same. The offense is a lot better. So there is room for improvement. You just have to be patient. Next up, we got Irv Smith versus the Lions. Irv Smith is another tight end that got off to a slow start in week one, but he did pick it up in week two. And I expect him to continue the success in week three versus the Lions. I know I had two tight ends from the same game. There, This could very much so go wrong, but I do expect there to be a lot of fantasy points scored in this game from all over, from QB, wide receiver, running back, and the tight ends. So I have both of these tight ends having some nice games. TJ Hawkinson getting right, and Irv Smith continuing to build on his success that he had in week two. Now, we got our slots of the week. This is the first time that I'm ever doing my starts of the week and slots of the week and just explaining my thought process of actually picking these guys. I usually just have them listed out, post them on Twitter, and that's that. But I've been thinking I may just start making a video of them. It wouldn't even take too long. This video isn't even gonna be too long, but I don't wanna chit chat too much. Let's get into the quarterbacks. Starting off with Trevor Lawrence versus the Chargers. The Jaguars offenses looked really good to start off the season. And even though Trevor Lawrence hasn't had any huge games yet, the Chargers, while Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen are a bit banged up, Justin Herbert still had three touchdowns last week. I expect them to still put up numbers. They still have Austin Eckler. The Chargers offense is still really good. And Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars will have to put up points in order to follow that. Now, this game could go south because the Chargers defense has been playing out of their mind and the Jaguars defense has also been playing out of their mind. So this is a risky one. It could be a stinker, but they are sloths for a reason. On to the next quarterback that we have, Matt Ryan versus the Chiefs. Yes, I get on Matt Ryan a lot. Yes, I'm not the biggest fan of Matt Ryan this year. Yes, Matt Ryan just had zero touchdowns and three picks, but he's going to have to keep up with the Chiefs offense. Michael Pittman very well may come back this week. And if Michael Pittman plays, Matt Ryan will have his number one target in order to feed him and get stats that he needs. I don't think Matt Ryan is going to have a crazy game, but he could have 350 and two touchdowns, maybe not even throwing the pick. If he has a clean game, he could very well be serviceable if you need a spot start at quarterback. Next up, we got the running back position. This is where it starts getting scary. Because I got, if he plays J.K. Dobbins versus the Patriots, the Patriots' run defense has been pretty stout to start the year. The Patriots' defense total has been pretty stout to start the year. But J.K. Dobbins, if he plays, he's been eager to get out there. He's been ready. He's been, he's been hype. And I think once he gets out there, he's just going to be on go. The Ravens have had success other than this year with the King and Drake experiment. Last year, they had success running the ball. And I think they've desperately been wanting to have their starting running backs back in the fold to show what they can really do. People forget just how dominant this Ravens running game was when they were healthy. And I think J.K. Dobbins is going to give a friendly reminder to people 
just what they've been forgetting about. Ezekiel Elliott versus the Giants. Ezekiel Elliott has been stinking it up. Some guy in my league just tried to trade me Ezekiel Elliott for DeAndre Swift. I saw it and I was extremely baffled. Immediate decline. I had to wait. I had to. I had to be cautious because I didn't want to. I didn't want to press too quickly and accidentally press accept. And uh, does that ever happen to you guys when you see a trade that's so ridiculous, you just don't even like want to decline it too fast because if you accidentally press accept, you're just gonna like break down inside and just pull out your hair <laughs> because if he he sent me Zinio Elliott for DeAndre Swift one for one and I was just wondering what was your thought process when you built up this trade like you really sent this to me and was like this is this is the one bro like he this is this is what I've been like I'm gonna get this guy so good like he gotta be a Zeke fan and I'm gonna get DeAndre like what DeAndre Swift had five carries and you're like all right He's gonna he's gonna want to run it back to get some more carries. So let me give him Zeke. Like, bro, <laughs> I wonder what goes through people's minds sometimes, honestly. But I do think Zeke will have a get right game. I'm not expecting him to have a crazy game because he still does share that workload with Tony Pollard. I was warning people about this before the year started. Tony Pollard would have a role, and Zeke has not been involved in the passing game as much as he has in previous years. But I think Zeke is another person who has a get-right game this week and writes the ship against the Giants. On to the wide receiver position. We have a lot of get-right games in this week because I think that people's stock will balance out a little bit from what we've seen to start the year. But next up, we got Elijah Moore from the Jets versus the Bengals. There's been a lot of Garrett Wilson hype going up. And this is another one that I need to happen because I, I'm either going to start in my main league Elijah Moore or Rashad Penny. And I'm going with Elijah Moore just because of the pure amount of times that the Jets throw the football. He's still statistically the number one of that offense. He gets all the snaps, or the majority of the snaps. He gets the majority of routes run. He is still statistically the number one for this offense. He's still getting open when you watch the film. The ball has not just the ball has just not been coming his way. So it's only a matter of time before things go right for Elijah Moore. They may be in a shootout against the Bengals. It could be a little shootout. It could be a big shootout. But either way, the Jets are throwing the ball over 40 times a game. He has to have some type of fantasy production or else you're gotta be, you got to be out on Elijah Moore if he doesn't step it up. Or at least until Zach Wilson gets back. Next up, this one was one of our slots of the week last week and he let us down. But I'm doubling down on him. DK Metcalf versus the Falcons. The Falcons defense has been pretty stout to start the season, but I think Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, he's been getting the targets. Again, he just hasn't been getting the yards. He's been getting the targets and the catches. So I think that changes. I think he has a nice, really, he could really have a big game against the Falcons because they would need it for them to win. DK Metcalf, oddly enough, is someone who I've been trying to acquire in many leagues, but I've been, try- I've been trying to get him for a low. I've been trying to swindle some people. I'm not going to lie. And the DK Metcalf owners, they're just hanging on the hope that DK will still be DK. And as you've seen with just last night, even if the quarterback isn't elite, a good wide receiver can still produce. Look at Amari Cooper with Jacoby Brissett. Geno Smith will still have success. Or DK Metcalf will still have success with Geno Smith. He had it last year. This year it hasn't happened but it is bound to turn around. I think DK Metcalf has a very nice game this week. If you're thinking about starting him, 
go for it. Next up, we got the tight end position, starting off with Logan Thomas versus the Eagles. He's been pretty solid to start the year, and honestly, both of the tight end picks, Tyler Conklin versus the Bengals as well, they've both been really solid. They don't have a high percentage of them being owned in leagues, so they're still out there on waivers. They're in pretty nice offenses that love to pass the ball a lot, at least for right now with the Washington Commanders. Until Brian Robinson gets back, I still think they'll pass the ball a lot, but they'll run the ball a bit more. But as of right now, Logan Thomas, the Commander versus the Eagles, I'm expecting it to be a really high-scoring game. Jets versus Bengals, it's going to be a lot of balls being thrown in that game. Both of these guys, they've been getting the targets. I think they continue to get the targets and get the job done. And lastly, this is the only time we feature this position in our starts or slots of the week, and we only do it for slots of the week because we got the defenses coming up. Not everybody uses defenses in their league, but if you do, here you go. I got two options for you. I usually give out one, but I'm giving out two options today. This first one, we got Patriots defense versus the Ravens. The Patriots defense has been locking up pretty well. And if you need a defense that's just not going to completely wreck your week and the Patriots defense is out there, I would pick them up. Feel free to start them. I don't know if they're going to have a crazy game, but they won't absolutely wreck your week. And if you're looking for a defense with some crazy high upside, but this is a pretty risky play, I would not recommend starting this defense unless you have absolutely no options. You probably don't even think you're going to win this week, but you need to use every single resource you can and able to put up points in any type of way. I would start the Jaguars defense versus the Chargers. I know, I know, I did just say that I expect this to be a pretty high scoring game, but I also did say there's a chance that this is a low-scoring game because the Chargers defense has been playing out of their mind and the Jaguars defense has been playing amazing. So if the injuries to Justin Herbert and the injuries to Keenan Allen are affecting him a bit more than we think, the Jaguars defense could feast this week and have a really nice week. That one's a super sleeper, though. That one is a true sloth pick. I'm not even starting the Jaguars defense. I did start the Browns defense. They almost The Browns defense almost let me down last night. They almost let me down. But that last play, listen... Najee Harris, I, Najee Harris, Najee Harris was starting the Browns defense in fantasy. I know it. He he had to have been starting the Browns defense in fantasy because <laughs> because what happened in that last play? They had two points for me. I I would I went from like why did I start the Browns defense to oh my gosh I just got ten points out of my defense. They went from two points to ten points because two points for a fumble, six points for a touchdown. That was the craziest turnaround. I know a lot of people lost money on that game too, which is crazy. If you lost money on that game because of that touchdown, I feel so bad for you because that was just like, that was just so unprovoked. Like that play was just like, when it happened, I was like, okay, yeah, this is going nowhere. And then it started progressing and I was like, yeah, like this is still like, there is hope, but like this is going nowhere. And that play just progressively got worse. Ever since the punt happened and they were like at the four yard line with nine seconds to go, I was like, they need a miracle. And they tried their little Pittsburgh miracle and it ended up with the Pittsburgh disaster. But this one was short and sweet, but that's all we have for today. I'm ready for these Sunday games, but hopefully Sunday ticket doesn't bug out this weekend for all the money people paid for it. And they only need to have it working for one day out of the week. It's absurd for it to be messing up at halftime of the noon games. I shouldn't have to find streams 
to watch my favorite team play when I have bought Sunday Ticket. But anyway, this isn't a rant. I'm not going to go on too much about it. If you have Sunday Ticket, you know the struggles. This is an outro. If you enjoyed, like, subscribe, and comment who you want and need to go out for your team this week. But most importantly, stay safe and spread love. Class dismissed. At any given time, there are around 1,500 aliens on the planet. Most of them right here in Manhattan. And most of them are decent enough. They're just trying to make a living. Cab drivers. Well, not as many as you'd think. Humans, for the most part, don't have a clue. They don't want one or need one either. They're happy. They think they have a good bead on things. But why, why the big secret? People are smart. They can handle it. The person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. 1,500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you knew that people were alone on this planet. Imagine what you'll know tomorrow.